Welcome back everyone to the Positive Change podcast. My name is Lisa Collins and I'm joined again by Dan Shaw and we're talking about bullying at work. This is our third episode and today we're going to focus on solutions. So Dan, we talked in the last one about uh, you got to the stage that you understood the bullying was taking place. You'd reached that critical point of realizing you need to move on. You got that strategy, you got out of there. What happened um, before we go on to the solutions when you move on to the next job? Because it doesn't, it doesn't end there, does it? You know, that's not the final solution, moving on to a new job and your life's back to normal. No, not at all. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we talked about this in the second episode about that recovery. I mean, it was, um, there was no, I, I went from one job straight into another. Um, you know, my, my plan was just to get out as quickly as possible. And I'd, I'd made that promise to myself that after that, uh, that moment with myself on the beach, that I needed to do something about it. And, you know, a few months later I was gone. Um, so that was just the first part really, you know, the, the, the recovery is, um, just as hard. It, it, it really was. It was, it was coming to terms with a lot of things, um, the stress of it all uh, and learning to trust people and just, I, I, I think, you touched on it there around um, the PTED, you know, just that because it, it, it almost felt like there was no closure to what I'd, I'd, I'd been through, you know, I, I mean, I'd left. So there was ultimately, I suppose that we'd, we'd, we'd close the door on that, but um, I'd, because nothing had been done about it, I'd, I'd just left and that was it. I struggled for quite a while around um, coming to terms with what had happened and why it happened. Um, it was, yeah, the, the, certainly the first six months. I know. I know we mentioned before the first twelve months was it was, was difficult in terms of my, my my working ability. But you know, mentally, that first six months was really really difficult for me. Um, just accepting where I'd been and and you know, just I almost felt like I was starting again. You know, I'd, mm. I'd been through this really traumatic experience, and I, I look back on it now, and it, it genuinely was quite traumatic for myself. Um, and you know, accepting that and coming to terms with that is such a was really difficult really really difficult for me um but i was really fortunate that where i went was um was a brilliant place um you know and i still talk to a lot of the guys there now i've and i've since moved on again um it was it was brilliant you know the, the people i worked with really kind of helped me without realizing um yeah and it's I've, almost I've, like they reset the baseline you reset the baseline yeah. of what I mean, healthy looks like yeah, without me even having to talk about it, you know, and I, I, I said before that this is the most I've ever spoken about it, even to, you know, I, I used to tell my wife what was happening and, 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 and things that were happening day to day while I was working at the, at the previous place, but I've never been into detail about it. This was, you know, from that, putting that post out a, a few days ago, that was, that was probably the most I'd ever spoken publicly about. Um, and it's, you know, here we are now, you know, just a few days later and I'm talking quite openly about it. I'm quite comfortable talking about it now, but Brilliant. Yeah. a year ago and I, I, I really wouldn't have done that. Um, it's, it goes back to some of the stuff we've talked about previously around shame, you know, yeah. you know, I'm at the age I'm at, I'm 42 and I'm, I was bullied. You yeah. know, that just sounds ridiculous even saying that, you know, even saying that now to myself mm. that I was, I was, um, a victim of bullying. Um, and I don't know if that ever goes away because I, I, I have exactly the same feeling and I don't know, I don't know if that goes away. Uh, and I, I think maybe it's a case of we just have to get comfortable with it and, and the more yeah. we talk about it. Yeah. It's like a, um, 
it's, it's like a, a, a family bereavement. You never, you never get over it, do you? You just learn to accept it or you learn yeah. to deal with it or cope with it. And it's, it's something that's going to stay with me for a long time, if, if, if not for the rest of my working career. You know, it was just... And even now, there's certain, there's certain sounds or certain, certain things that happen that, that are triggers that make me think, Christ, what was that? Um, so again, you know, certainly in that first year where after, after I'd left there, um, we used to use Slack. And, and when that message alert came up, that pinging noise, it made me jump. It made me jump because I, that's what we used to use at this previous place. And it used to frighten the hell out of you about what the content of that message was going to be. Yeah. It might have been a good message, might have been a whatever message. But, you know, it just that was something that took a lot of getting used to, you know, an email dropping into your inbox with no subject line and you're thinking, Oh God, I don't want to open that. I don't want to open that. Um, And even now it still has that that kind of effect on me. Um, Not, not in so great detail, but you know, just even getting an email with no subject line, as I say, you know, is is, is enough to make you sort of go, Oh Christ, you know, in the role I do now, you know, it's it's quite a senior role. I've got quite a, quite a lot of responsibility now that has helped massively with the recovery. The fact that um, my boss now is, is she gives me complete independence. She trusts me implicitly. You know, what I say goes in terms of what's happening in, in, in my team, you know, it's the step change from where I am now to where I was a number of years ago is just like phenomenal. You know, I couldn't ever have imagined that happening again. Um, Did you tell your boss about this experience that you're kind of, I haven't, well, I've, I've I've talked about it in a, a little bit. Um, she saw the post on LinkedIn actually. And she was like, my God, this is doing okay. Isn't it? I said, I'll tell you the full story. I will tell you the full story. But honestly, I sit here now, you're the one person I've told everything to. Um, And this is part of the recovery. You know, it's it's great to talk about it. I'm I'm really comfortable about talking about it now. Um, You know, I don't, I don't like to dwell too much on what happened. Um, There are some learnings, you know, I learned a lot about myself. Mm. Um, and I touched about it. I touched on it in the the first or second episode about how it exposed my vulnerabilities and my, yeah. my greatest weaknesses. Well, now I know what they are, and mm. you know I've learned to build and 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 I'm, I'm aware of what they are, and um, and I'm always conscious now of what I'm saying and doing to people. You know, yeah. I've always, uh, you know, Anthony Burrell's like a he's a bit of a legend in the design industry, and he famously created this poster that said, um, you know, work hard and be nice to people. And that's a mantra yeah. that sits with me every single day, you know, just treat people how you expect to be treated. And, you know, oh, absolutely. And be kind, if, be kind. That's my biggest thing. You know, yeah. even, even when you have to have that uncomfortable conversation with someone, you know, yeah. take the emotion out of it, but just talk to them like they're a human being. And that's, yeah. that was the hardest part for me, but I was, I, I felt at its worst, I felt worthless in, in where I was. Yeah. Um, and, and that had happened in just such a period of time. And I'm, I'm so glad I got out when I did because I dread to think where I would have been if I'd have stayed there another six months. You know, it's yeah. It was- I, I think what's in, what's interesting for me when I reflect back is how these people are allowed to get into these positions where they have power over other people and they can cause such destruction. Cause I, I keep thinking, cause I'm a, a real solutionist and I keep thinking, you know, what, what is the answer to this? Um, and I honestly feel that the, the first step in any, any management or leadership role has got to be somebody who's done the work. They've done the self-development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they know who they are and they know the impact that they're having on, on others. Because, you know, they, they literally do. If you're in that management position, you have got the power to either empower somebody or bring them to their knees. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and as adults, I just like now, you know, I just, uh, I've gone into a role now that is a really healthy team. And I think I've had to see what a healthy team looks like again, and kind of almost like reestablish that baseline to remind me that this is what healthy teams look like um, yeah. and how they operate. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, and I just wanted to share as well, you know, because I, I had this conversation with my friend who's a mental health nurse and trauma specialist. And she said, I don't think it ever really does go away because once the amygdala, the emotional part of the brain has been um, inflamed and traumatized from the bullying experience, it, there'll always be something there. Um, so in a way, it's like we just have to, you know, so there might be a ping on, a, on your mobile that, you know, triggers you a little bit. It will get better. And like, and like you said about grief and bereavement, I think it feels like it's going to be like that, mm-hmm. that it will lessen, but it'll always be something there in our mind, <clears throat> excuse me, in our consciousness that we've experienced, but there's been a positive outcome from it. And that's what I wanted to kind of talk about with you today is, you know, what's been your, and in the, in the, in the field, it's called post-traumatic growth. What's, what's been your post-traumatic growth? Cause like you, I feel I've learned so much about myself and the one thing that I'm really passionate about and I've been passionate about for many years is, you know, is really helping to support people being bullied at work. Yeah. And I feel my responsibility now is to turn around and help that person behind me, you know, walking up the hill, I've gone through the bullying experience, whoever's behind me suffering from bullying and is to put the hand out and help them. And that's where I feel that, you know, my, my post-traumatic growth has come from. And also I'm writing a book and obviously we're doing this. So lots of positives have come out of it. What's been your post-traumatic growth? Do you think? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is the fact that um, it's, it's honestly been the last few days. The fact that I was, I felt comfortable putting that LinkedIn post on. I'm more than happy to talk about it now. I'm doing this podcast with you um, through putting that post down. I've been approached by a few people now about doing a few things with them. You know, there was this one guy that wants to me to go to a design talk and actually chat about the, you know, the, the creative industry and the stresses and, and, and that workplace bullying them. Fantastic. It, which, you know, I, as I say, a year, maybe two years ago, I wouldn't even have dreamed of doing because I, as I've touched on before, you know, I, it took me a long time to accept that, I had been bullied um, mm. and now, now I, and I just accept now it's just, you know, I've come to terms with that. Um, I'm, I, I, you know, it, it happened, you know, I can't, I can't change anything there, but I've learned a lot about myself and I want to do um, the point of that post was that I just want people to start talking about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not talked about enough it, and it happens so much. And you only have to look at the amount of comments that are coming through and the amount of, um, uh, reactions to that post it's happening a hell of a lot it doesn't matter what industry it's in and that really frightens me that there's people out there going through exactly the same thing and um i, I shared with you earlier just some some examples of um, other cases that people are going through and i just think christ that puts my 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 situation into perspective you know what i went through is pretty bad but compared to some people it's horrific and yeah. um and it's happening everywhere and I've, I've had 127 messages, I think, sent to me directly from people just saying, you know, thanks for speaking out. I'm going through this. This has happened or it's, mm. it's to me now. And I'm thinking it needs to be talked about. And, and, and I, You've opened the floodgates, which is brilliant. I don't want to sound like Nelson Mandela here. but I'll, <laughs> you know, 
you know, I want to, I want to talk about it. And, yeah. and I think like LinkedIn's probably a good platform to do that. And we're doing this podcast now and, you know, maybe we'll do some more together. Yeah. I want to talk about it. It, it needs to be talked about because I think um, through our shared experiences of both what you, must, uh, you and me have been through, you know, there's a, there's a lot of similarities, isn't there? As, as we said before, you know, we come from very different, different professions, the two of us, but, you know, incredibly similar kind of scenarios and, and things happening and, and, and the similar sort of comments and stuff like that. It needs to be talked about. And, and yeah. you know, these people that are doing this, you know, they need to understand what the implications of this are. You know, it's not just, you know, this person worked with me for a year and I gave them grief for a year and they, they've moved on. You know, there's a, there's a massive side effect to what you've done to that person. The ripple effect uh, is massive, even with, the, even with the people, the bystanders and the people who watch. And well, stand you by. It then, didn't you? You know, there was um, yeah. from your friends saying, you know, people coming to terms with it 20, 30 years later, you know. Yeah. But also the people, but also the people in the office, they have something called a moral injury. So when they stand by and they see you being bullied and they don't stand up for you, then they walk away with a moral injury. So they have they have this um, you know, traumatic experience that they have to live with. And and yeah. that creates shame because they didn't speak out when they knew that they should have done. Mm-hmm. Um so the ripple effect is absolutely is it massive is, on this. It and, it, and it's interesting when you say about um, it's happening everywhere. I mean, as part of my research, the numbers on this, they suggest that one in three people experience, uh, experience bullying at work. Okay. But most people that I've spoken to um, and most people who do report bullying report their manager as the bully. Mm-hmm. And therefore, lots of people don't come forward to report their manager because of the consequences of their career prospects. So we know that there's about one in three, but we also know that people don't report it as much. All the people that I spoke to last year as part of my research, um, probably about 90% of those didn't report it. I reported mine, but it's not recorded anywhere. Okay, so, so even if people do report it through a grievance, you know, it can easily be quashed. And my background is in healthcare. So I mean, I've, I've seen bullying it's systematic in the healthcare, you know, and I, from the moment I started, I've worked in every layer in the organization and you see it, you see it every turn. Um, so I think it's really interesting about the numbers because nobody's got a real true perspective on what those no, numbers no, are. No. And uh, but we touched on it before, didn't we, around, um, you know, I, I would like to ask 10 people what, what they thought workplace bullying was. And I wonder if yeah. you get sort of 10 different opinions of what that actually constituted as, because, you know, I, I look back on some of the stuff that happened to me and it was just so subtle. It was that, yeah. that slighting that we talk about. And I just, I just wonder whether people, there's actually people out there that consider that to be bullying or that's just, you know, someone being, having a bit of an off day or something like that. We've all got different thresholds. Um, so we all have a different threshold as to what constitute bullying. Um, but it's basically, and you know, it's unwanted behavior. And if mm-hmm. it, and the, the way that I determined it, if it makes you feel bad, Okay, and, and you don't want this behavior, um, then you know that that's enough to constitute bullying. If somebody's repeatedly doing something that you're not happy about and is making you feel really bad, mm-hmm. then at, at its core, that, that's what that is. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing that I discovered about this national bullying helpline, which was set up by this guy who literally suffered um, an emotional breakdown at work, I think he was in the design industry actually. Uh, and he set up this national uh, helpline for bullying. And when I looked into that, nine out of 10 of the calls, they say are from healthcare workers asking, is this the National Health Service bullying helpline? So that tells you 
how many is coming from the health industry. So it's really interesting to get your perspective on the creative industry. But I, I like you, I think that um, I think it's rife. All the people I spoke to in my research, the template is the same. Okay. The, mm -hmm. the, the stories are different. The things that were said and done were different, but the pattern that they followed are all exactly the same uh -huh. in terms of they start with grooming. Yeah. So they test at your susceptibility for if you're going to be bullied. Yeah. And also are people going to speak up for you? So that's a grooming phase. Uh, and then they start with the gaslighting, you know, so they, they, there's this template that almost fits all of these bullying yeah. situations, yeah. Um, which is just, yeah, horrific. Um, Interesting. You mentioned the word grooming there, actually, because that's, that's, that's exactly how I would describe it. Yeah. Um, I think maybe that um, I go back to that first email that was sent to me, that rather silly email. And I wonder whether that was just part of it, you know. I, yeah, you they know, test out your susceptibility. Yeah, I'm much more open to, to to thinking about what happened now and the reasons for it. And, you know, I just, it, some of it does put a smile on my face when I look back at it now and think, oh, you plonker. Yeah. It was there. Every, it was, all the evidence is there to see. Why, but, why did you not question it at the time? Or, but, but, they, but you did, though. But that's the thing. So what's interesting about the grooming, they, they groom you to test out your susceptibility. Um, but you spoke up. I spoke up, but that made things 10 times worse because also the bully doesn't want to be uncovered. And what you did, you uncovered them within the first week or two. So mm -hmm. you exposed them for who they, for who they actually were. Um, and I did exactly the same. And that so is interesting. So when you look at the, the recommendations from the people who are writing the books about workplace bullying, they'll say grooming phase, speak up, say no, make sure that you're actually communicating to the bully. You don't accept, you know, you don't accept that behavior. But we both raised that very, very early on. And then as a consequence, it became worse. Yeah. So that was the bit I then couldn't get my head around. Um, so all of, all, of this, all of the practical things that we would imagine work, should work, don't work, mm -hmm. uh, and actually make it worse because we've exposed them and then they really go at you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm just thinking about, you know, wrapping this up. It's gone so quickly talking about this. What would be your one message to people who are going through this right now? What would be your, um, your, your kind of, I don't know, ho holding your hand out to help others? What would be your, your word of advice? I, I would, um, if I compare it to myself, I would say the, the earlier you recognize it's happening to you and, it, and it's not about you, I think is, is key to it. You know, if, if, to use your point there, if, if, if someone has said something to you that makes you feel bad, then that's wrong. That's yeah. completely wrong. And, you know, if it's happening multiple times, then there, there, is a, there is a problem there for you. And you need to speak to someone. Now, whether that's someone, um, as you say, in your family, or whether it's someone, if you do have access to someone in your organization, if you work for a larger organization, speak to someone, get some advice. Understanding when it's happening is, is, is really key, I think. You need, you need to know when the situation isn't right. Um, and the longer that goes on, the worse it's going to get for you if you don't sort of do something about that immediately. And I, I, I look back at my situation. I feel like I, should, I, I could have done a bit more, but, you know, it, it, it's done now. But um, Yeah. You did the best that you could at the time. And, felt, and, yeah, and that's absolutely. it. You did. Yeah. You did the best you could. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, just getting, getting, that, getting that help and support and just telling someone very, very quickly what, what yeah. is happening. And, you know, if, if, if it is making you feel bad, these comments and the environment you're in, something's not right um, and, yeah. and you need to speak to someone quickly, I would advise. Yeah. And I think I'd add two points to that. Um, 
what I've discovered and from my own experience is that when you're being bullied at work, you're looking for three things. And sometimes people go through the grievance process to get this and it doesn't give you it. You want it to stop immediately. Yeah. You want validation that it's happening. Otherwise you think that you're going mad um, and you want justice. And I think that was, you know, the justice thing was a big thing for me. And a lot of people, I think the embitterment comes from when there's a feeling that you walk away, they've got away with that, mm-hmm. you know? So there's, there's something that's kind of that's wrapped up in that as well. Um, and I also feel that if you, you know, there's two options, you either stay and get ill or you leave. Mm-hmm. And in, in my, in my view now, any organization that I choose to work for, if they cannot, if they cannot provide an environment where I am respected and treated with kindness, then I vote with my feet and yeah. I leave and I do not think twice about it. And, you know, and I, and whenever I go for an interview, I'm interviewing that person who I'm working for to think, why should I put my trust? Sorry, the cat's just jumped a bit. <laughs> it's joining our conversation. That's why really good I... advice, actually. Yeah. yeah. That's really good why advice. should I put my trust in this person? Absolutely. You know, and they have to really impress me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of what I wanted to add to that. So, you know, it's just gone so quickly, our, our really time has, talking yeah. about this. Yeah. But I, I would encourage people that, yeah, if, if, you're, if you're going through this right now and um, you want to ask any questions, then I'll put our, you know, well, we'll post this on LinkedIn anyway. And I'm more than happy for people to get in touch with me. And Dan, I'm sure you likewise. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked to a number of people now. My DMs are open. You know, even it's just, yeah. a, you know, it really helps sometimes just to speak to anyone, doesn't it? And just, you know, as, as, as some people have messaged me recently, just, just getting their story out. Someone said to me today, you know, I haven't told anyone this yet. I'm, which is great, but now, you know, yeah. you've made that first step, you've recognized it. So now it's, it's about speaking to someone and doing something about that, which it um, is. I know t- it's difficult. It's really difficult. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about this, you know, about <clears throat> you're in a full-time job. You don't want to sort of put any pressures um, unnecessary pressures on yourself, but you know, it's, it's not right. It's not right that these people can do this to you. And, and, and that's what you've got to keep at the forefront of your mind. This isn't right. And I shouldn't be treated like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're right. Telling, telling our stories is so important because otherwise it just rattles around inside. Yeah, and we, you know, right. you've got to get it out, whether it's getting it out through journaling or speaking about it, but it is really important yeah. to be able to, to share the story and, and, and speak about it. So, um, Hopefully we've started, we've opened the, well, you've definitely opened the floodgates and hopefully now our conversation, we've, we've, yeah. we've started that happening as well. So thank you so much, Dan, for joining no, me. And um, yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk again. Sure we will. Yeah. yeah. So thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.